Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Get you a hard copy Bible, man, so you can unplug and unchain from that device and you can read something without distraction, okay? It's hard enough as humans to be without distraction. So get you a Bible that you understand. I preach out of the New Living Translation, as many of you know. I recommend New Living Translation. Um, if you want something a little more eloquent, uh, more strong and sophisticated language, then go to the English Standard Version. It's still very clear. Some of you are like, I still read a King James Version. God bless you. We don't talk like that, but that is a great translation. You read that, and that's great. My dad still does. I know there's probably a couple in here that still do. That's great. Long as you read a Bible, you understand, okay? New International Version, New Living, King James. New King James, make sure you have a Bible you understand, all right? So Psalm 145, verse 1. Let's begin here. The psalmist says, and this is David. It says, a psalm of praise of David. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. Let's stop there for a moment. In that first statement, David is acknowledging the Lord as his creator. He's God, right? He's always existed. My God and my king. What does king mean? It means I submit to him. Because there's people out there in the world right now, and you guys know how it is. They're drinking up, they're shooting up, they're robbing and pimping and doing whatever else they're doing, stealing and they'll say, man, God is my creator. They'll even tell you, no, I say my prayers at night, bro. I've had people, they're living like the devil. They say, man, I, I pray at night. I don't know what that means. You pray at night before you go to bed. Well, good, but do you have a relationship with him through Jesus? So David is saying, you're not only my creator, you're the God of the universe, but you are my king as well. If someone says they are my king, that means I'm going to do what they ask. In fact, when they ask, I'm going to say, when do you want it? When they say jump, you remember the old saying, I'm going to say how high. They say run, I'm going to say how far, how fast, when do you need it done, all right? So my king is, it has, it has intrinsically, it has something built into that statement that I am submitting to this person. My God and my king, I will exalt you, my God and king, and praise your name forever and ever. He's speaking to God on different levels there. Verse 2. I will praise you every day. Does that, does that take discipline? Anybody in here? You know how many times I've preached that? I remember when I first, I first, man, preached my first sermon in this room in January of 2000 on a Sunday night. We used to have Sunday night services. Man, I preached, and I was young, and I just thought, man, for sure I got most of this stuff figured out. And right away, that was one of my favorite sermons because I've always been a joyful person most of the time. I said, man, I'll, right, right after I started preaching and teaching, I'm, man, I'm going to preach about joy. That's where I'm strong at. I'm going to just preach about joy. Praise him at all times. And you know, that was an easier message to preach until I struggled with depression for a few months one time. And boy, it taught me some stuff. I say, depression? Man, does that mean you were mentally, you're mentally ill? No, let me just tell you right now. Humans have ups and downs, and don't let people jump so quick to a diagnosis because that's not God's truth over you. You've struggled with this, anxiety or depression. Oh, you, they're real quick to go mental illness. No, 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 no. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, 
but you don't have mental illness. Scripture says you have the mind of Christ. Humans get depressed. Was it a demon? I don't know. Was it, I don't know. Is it hormones? Is it heartbreak? Is it disappointment? There's different reasons. Did you know that there's even a condition and they have a psychological term for it? There's, a, there's folks that have ridden high on the mountain and they've won an election or a championship or whatever and they did it finally and guess what? The next day they plummet into depression. It was like anticlimactic for them. They're like, that, that was it? I worked all these months and years for that and that's it? So people, people struggle for different reasons. It doesn't mean they're ill, okay? But let me come back around to my point. I remember preaching and teaching, man, just praise him at all times. Man, really thinking I knew. Man, just praise him at all times. This was the year 2000, boy. I'd first, I was preaching my first sermons to adult services in the year 2000. And I said, man, you, you just praise him at all times. Praise him every day, like the psalmist says. But once again, I, I go back to my, my beginning statement or question there is it's, it takes discipline, doesn't it? Because you don't feel like praising him all the time. You don't. When you're disappointed or hurt or bummed out or worried, you ever been so worried you could hardly think straight? Don't raise your hands. You were so worried you just thought, hey, this is real human. This is the human condition right here. We're, we're all part of the family of God. We're also part of the same human family. Say, man, I'm, I'm so worried I can't, even, I can't even think about it. I can't even think. You ever been just so stricken by worry that you, you didn't know what to do and you fixated? You ever done that? Say, what is fixating? It means your thoughts were fixed on that and that only. You had struggled to pray. You, but I'm going to tell you right now, you begin to praise God in the worst of times. Not just the best of times because that's easy, huh? We're praising God together today. Man, you got a new job, and Leon got a new job, and good news. We love that. We're going to praise God about that, and you should. You should be grateful and thankful. But what about, see, it comes a lot easier at that, that point, but what about the times where you don't feel it? What about the times where you get rejected, or your feelings hurt, or someone passed you up for a raise, or the job changed, or you got laid off, or whatever, or you're going through something in some area, you say, how can I praise him? You know what? I never want to be a fair-weather Christian, a fair-weather believer. Say, I'm going to just praise God in the good times. No, I'm going to seek him and praise him in the bad times too. Or what I deem, what I perceive is bad. Because some of you have been through some stuff that I will never go through. And I've been through some stuff that some of you will never go through. For example, baldness. Some of you will never be bald unless you shave your head. For a vow, you know, <laughs> Old New Testament there. You shave their head for a vow or completion of a vow. Hey, but there's some things you will never experience that I have and vice versa. It's just like that. But I know, I know that I know according to Scripture that God does not put anything in his word that we cannot do. That would be really unrighteous, wouldn't it? Unjust to say, here's the requirement. Come on. You love one another, but uh, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Well, by the Spirit of God in you now, you can love people, huh? And by the Spirit of God in you, you can praise him every day. 145 verse 2, I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. That takes discipline. It takes time. You ever felt like this? I don't have time to do that right now. But why? We make time for other stuff, huh? We make time to eat. 
Did anybody feel like they were starving today? Oh, y'all did? Did y'all forget to eat? I need to know. You forgot to eat. See, yeah, and you know what? People that are chunkier, they're looking at skinny people going, how do you forget to eat? What is wrong with you? Joyce Myers said, how do you forget to eat? She said, I've never forgotten. Well, there's different situations, but maybe you forgot or there was a factor or what. That Michael back here, he says, I don't forget to eat. He said, what's wrong with you, Pastor Matt? I, don't... I used to forget to eat. I don't know. I don't know if it's age or experience or what now. I, I rarely forget to eat. I'm like, I need to eat something. But I have a tendency to go in that direction if I'm not careful. But my point is you make time for certain things that are important to you, don't you? Praise him. Start to praise him. You say, I don't know how to praise him. Just start by thanking him. I promise you after a few minutes of that, and that takes discipline, a few minutes of praising God, you can beat temptation. You can lift your spirit. You can feel closer to God. Did you know praise and worship is the highest form of prayer? You're not asking for anything. You're saying, God, you're amazing. You're grand. You're great. I can't live without you. I need you. I guarantee it. There are things in our lives, and you should search your heart tonight and say, are there things in my life that I have not thanked God for? Growing up, I started realizing we were raised in the church. I accepted Jesus at seven or eight years of age. And something I learned early on was, man, have I thanked God for all the answered prayers lately? Because we ask him for something, he answers, and sometimes we forget to thank him. It's like the story of the ten lepers. Jesus said, go, you're cleansed, you're healed, and only one came back. Ten percent, one out of ten came back and bowed and worshipped him. And Jesus said, where are the other nine? <laughs> Where's everybody else? Where's the 90%? So praise him every day. Praise him even when it hurts. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. Let's go to verse three. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise, exclamation point. No one can measure his greatness. Scripture says, the earth is the Lord's footstool. Does anybody use a footstool in here? Put your feet on something? It's comfortable, huh, for some reason? I did it before church. I have a, a heel that is healing, my left one, and I'm, I'm told that I need to elevate it to stretch out the hamstring and the, the heel and the calf and everything, so I had, I had my foot up before church. Scripture says the earth is the Lord's footstool. <laughs> That's a big God. You can't measure his greatness. Look at verse 4. This is important. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Why? Because people forget. Scripture says that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, that they saw so many miracles. You guys have read your Bibles. Remember the plagues in Egypt? Remember there was, a, there was an angel of death that came through and wiped out animals and people. There was all kinds of stuff. There were boils and, and, and darkness that you could feel and locusts and flies and the water and the river and everything turned to blood. There was miracles. And then the Lord took them out of Egypt and they crossed through the Red Sea on dry land. He didn't only part the Red Sea, he dried the land as he parted it. Anybody ever been in the bottom of a lake or something? Your feet sink in, don't they? After a million people, I guarantee you they would have been stuck in the mud. But God thought of that. He opened the Red Sea and he dried it for them. They walked across on dry land. And then the waters fell down on the Egyptians as part of God's judgment. They saw all kinds of miracles, but the next generation hadn't seen all that, so they had to be told. Folks, tell your kids. Tell people that you're helping to bring up in the Lord. Tell people. Tell your family. Testify. That's, did you know that's your testimony? 
People make testimonies real scary sometimes. They say, testimony, wait, does that mean I have to go get on a microphone? And go, man, I, I need to testify today. No, you can testify at the supermarket. You can testify at work. You can testify out in the oil field. Testify is you share your faith or you just share what God has done for you. And sharing what God has done for you is really just sharing your faith. I've told people before, man, if you only knew the things God has rescued me from. He's done some amazing things. Car wrecks and different things that we've walked away from. Accidents. Financial crises where you said, man, how am I going to get out of this? And God took care of it every time. Here we are. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. People have forgotten about the power of God. You know the greatest example of God's power? I'm all into signs and wonders and miracles. Someone getting healed, an arm growing out, a leg growing out, a bone healing. I've been in, in miracle meetings where just things have happened. God just did amazing stuff. I've seen people's blind eyes open, people getting out of wheelchairs. But you know what is most miraculous? The power of a changed life. And your family notices that, don't they? They can talk all they want. People that knew you back in the day, they can say all they want. But when they see you now and they go, are you different? <laughs> are you the same person? Yeah, you're different now. And that is, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. And my parents did a fabulous job of that. Verse 5. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. All the great things God does. You can read about them in the Bible, but if you really think about it, you're a miracle, number one. And number two, there's little miracles that happen every day in your life. We just don't always recognize them. Little miracles. All right? Things that are so important. Verse 6. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. How do you proclaim God's greatness? You can simply say, God is great. Or you can say, man, he saved me. Or he changed me. Or he's with me. There's all kinds of ways you can say, God is great. I will proclaim your greatness. Verse 7. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. That is a powerful verse right there. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. We sang a little bit with joy tonight, didn't we, about God's righteousness. There was power in the name of Jesus. Oh man, we, we started to get excited in here. That was powerful. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. Verse 8. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Aren't you glad God never gave up on you? Aren't you glad that when Jesus was on the cross, he saw you and said, oh, Matt, Matt, Matt's going to need my blood. Noe's going to need my blood. Manuel is going to need my blood. He's going to need to be saved. Rosa and Tony, they're going to need my blood one day. Debbie and Beatrice, they're going to need my, someday Elise is going to need my blood. Can you imagine the God of the universe died for you? And in his love and compassion, he looked ahead. Scripture says the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He looked down through the quarters of time we were taught growing up. He looked ahead because God sees it all, knows it all. And he said, they're going to need me and I'm going to have mercy on them now. He had the power in that one act of dying and raising himself from the dead to forgive every sin that has ever been committed. 
How powerful is that? Now, little sister said it right tonight. We got to receive it, though. You got to want it and you got to receive it. What's sad is one day hell is going to have people within its dark, fiery chambers, whatever hell is like, a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's going to have people in there who rejected the free gift. A free gift. How do you reject a free gift? Especially if it's a good gift. Let's be real. Who in here, now think about this hard, okay? This is not a trick question. But is there anybody in the room who would turn down a brand new Corvette right now? Anybody? And see, I got news for y'all. Some of y'all are like, I don't even like Corvettes. I don't need a Corvette, but you know how quick that thing would be on sale? Anything you sell it for is discount price, man. I'd say, what's it worth? Oh, that book, that book value's for 50000 I'm going to have to take a cut. I'll take forty. Just like that. It's quick. I mean, just quick. A free gift. Who would turn down a free gift? But people do it. Man, take that $100 bill. I'm not taking that. What? I'll take it. I'll tithe. It'll be $90. I'll give 10 to the Lord. I'll take the 90. God bless you. I do it again, but not for free. Bye. Right? Goodbye. A free gift. Salvation is free. See, people, people say, man, folks are going to be in hell because of their sin. Is it that or is it because they rejected the sacrifice of Jesus? Because they rejected that he is what? The Lord is merciful, compassionate. Scripture says his mercies are new every morning. <laughs> Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Slow to get angry. Praise God. Verse 9. The Lord is good to who? Just, just black folks. The Lord's just good to white folks. The Lord is just good to Native Americans. No, this, I love, you know what? People use this word and they misuse it. But I love how inclusive and exclusive the Bible is. People are always talking about inclusive. Well, it's inclusive if you believe, and when you believe, you obey. So then it becomes exclusive because not everybody's going to believe, huh? But God said right here, look, this is the words of the Lord through David, the psalmist, the prophet, the king. David actually, he was a type and shadow of Christ because he was the prophet, priest, and king. Interesting, interesting human. You should study the life of David. Even with his mistakes here. The Lord is good to who? Everyone. It's for everyone. And I don't know who needs to hear this. Maybe it's on the live stream. But don't be fooled by people. Don't be fooled by fake theology. Jesus was not white. Jesus was not black. Jesus was Jewish. He was Semitic. People can come up with all kinds of theories. And I've seen pictures of him and I'm like, I don't think so. I was telling someone before church, while I'm on my soapbox, how is it the Apostle Paul talks about how men should not have long hair, right? And I like hair. Long, short, on men and women, whatever. That's between you and God. Just That's beautiful. It's shiny. That's just great. But the Apostle Paul talks about men, men and long hair, how it shouldn't be that way. Why are all the pictures of Jesus with him with long hair like a hippie? Anybody ever wondered that? Blue eyes and long hair. 
Now, the blue eyes are not impossible. Jews, Jews look very varied, but I guarantee you he was what? Jewish. He was Jewish. Jesus was, and his Jewishness was known by all. He was born into a Jewish family, to a Jewish woman, like Jewish, real Jewish, okay? So we got to get into the word, and the word is our foundation. You always go back to the word because guess what? There's a lot of stuff out there right now. I think Pastor Joel Stocksteel said this one time. He said, it sounds, sounds good, but it's ridiculous. Oh, it sounds great, but it, someone else said, but it doesn't work. So think about that. Remember, always come back to Scripture, and Scripture says the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, that's verse 8, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to whom? To everyone. No, God's bad to some people. No. Scripture says that if you love him and fear him, he will just take care of you. But he also says, look, look at this verse, though. The Lord's good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. Another verse says he reigns on the righteous and the unrighteous. Don't you think rain around here benefits godly farmers and ungodly farmers? Same with the oil. Same with what else do we have that's of value here? Oh, water. Water wells. The water benefits believer and non-believer alike. The Lord is good to everyone. All right, verse 10. All of your works will thank you, Lord. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. So if you don't praise him, does that mean you're not a faithful follower? I don't know. I'm just reading you what this verse says. Your faithful followers will praise you. So get to praising, okay? Make sure it's part of your lifestyle. God has called you to praise him. Verse 11, they will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. Verse 12, they will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. I love this verse. Watch this. Second part of that verse, verse 13. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. He always keeps his promises. Here's what's interesting. People could look at me and say, man, scripture says God heals everyone. Uh-huh, he does. The believers who didn't receive their healing in this lifetime, I guarantee it. They have it now in heaven, don't they? Y'all think my mom is sick in heaven? No. Always keeps his promises. Powerful. He is gracious in all he does. Verse 14, the Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. You ever felt like that? You ever felt doubled over with pain or with your load? Verse 15, the eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. Now this verse has just been something powerful to me. I told you I got this revelation years ago reading this chapter. When you open your hand, verse 16, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. His hand, it doesn't say he opens up his barns, he opens up all of heaven. No, God has enough in his hand to take care of you forever. He opens up his hand. <laughs> That's a big God. 
That is a big God. When you open your hand, verse 16, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. You know what El Shaddai means? It means the all-sufficient one. It means the God who is more than enough. It means the God of sustenance and subsistence. He can take care of you. No matter what, God can and will take care of you. And you know that about his track record. He will always take care of you. He's more than enough. When he opens his hand, he satisfies the hunger and thirst of every living thing. Verse 17. Almost done with the chapter. And then we'll wrap it up tonight. Verse 17. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. So you know what? Don't be like other people. And I know y'all aren't in this house. I really believe that. But people question God's judgment. Have you noticed that? They question his decisions all the time. And sometimes they're not even God's decisions that they're calling into question. They don't know the whole picture. They don't know the whole story, but they jump to conclusions and they blame God for stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now, verse 17 says, the Lord is righteous in everything he does, not just some things. He is the righteous judge of all the earth. He is filled with kindness. Verse 18, the Lord is close to whom? Say, I'm just not going to call on him. Well, you don't get to be close to him. Just powerful logic going on in this room tonight. I'm not super deep that way. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. Not just so we can get stuff. You say, man, Lord, I love you, and I want you, and I need you. I'm going to put you first. And then, praise God, Scripture says when you put him first, he takes care of everything else. Folks have been running around in circles for years, and they're looking at, Scripture says, the creation instead of the creator. Did you know there's not a single man on this planet who can give you what you need? Men, did you know there's not a single woman on this planet who can just give you what you need, and that is all you need? You need God. Now, the only thing that comes close in creation to the romance between ourselves and the Heavenly Father and the love relationship is the love between a man and a woman who really love each other. But I'm telling you right now, the most amazing love relationship in all of creation, in all of history, is what? God's love for you and me. And then our response Because we respond. Scripture says he loved us first. While we were yet sinners, he loved us. All right? Verse 19. He grants the desires of those who fear him. That's powerful. You respect him. You reverence him. You love him. You call on him. He gives you your desire because your desire is not evil. It's righteous. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. Oh, man, we need that. Verse 20. The Lord protects all those who love him. But he destroys the wicked. Eventually, the wicked just don't make it. I know we have, here's a crazy example. I know we have a fascination. Some people, not everybody in here, but folks have a fascination for drug dealers sometimes. And they do documentaries on El Chapo. And then there was another guy, El Señor de los Cielos, Amado Carrillo Fuentes. Oh, man, he was, they say, man, the guy was the richest man in the world, arguably. He just... He was worth $100 billion or some crazy thing. But where is he now? Dealing drugs. It never turns out good for them, does it? Paul Escobar, the Colombian guy. Man, he, had, he was so wealthy at one point. He owned an island or something off the coast of the United States, and they would crash land the airplanes with the drugs. The one drug shipment was worth more than the whole airplane, so they'd just leave it there. Can you imagine? People were like, wow, that's amazing. Well, no, because he got, he got treated like an animal at the end. They were shooting him and just left him out. 
outside. It's just real dishonorable. But Scripture says, verse 20, the Lord protects all those who love him. He destroys the wicked. Judgment comes eventually. You know what my grandma used to say? Grandma Santa was pretty wise. She lived to be 91. She said, mijo, these people are going to get back pay. Now, back pay is great if someone owes you money, right? But if it's what you sow is what you reap and you've been sowing evil, oh, man, grandma's right. She said, people are going to get back pay all the way. If they don't repent, it's going to all come back and chase after them. So the Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. Don't, don't admire the wicked. I mean, hey, they got some good ideas here and there. But man, if it's not Bible-based, if it's not God-based, it turns into a big problem. Verse 21, let's close it out. Psalm 145. I will praise the Lord. And may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. I'm going to go back real quick. Verse 2, Psalm 145, verse 2. Remember this. If you get, get anything out of this chapter, get this. I will praise you every day. I will praise you forever. You know what? There's a lot of things I feel like that, man, I'm still learning. But one thing I do every day, and it's not just a relig religious habit, it's become my trademark, is I say praise God every day. Even in conversation, if I don't say it by myself, someone says something good, I go, oh, man, praise God. My grandpa used to say that. What a legacy. He used to say that, and he meant it. But he would say, well, praise you, Lord. <laughs> praise you, Lord. And you know, he honored God. I'll never forget this, and I'm close with this. Scripture says the Lord protects those who love him. We honor our parents. He gives us long lives. You put God first. He'll always take care of you. He'll satisfy you with long life. I remember he was 80 plus, and he says, come on, we need to go check the air conditioner at the church. I thought, okay. I still remember when uh, the day in my mind is as clear as it was yesterday. And I thought, we're going to check an air conditioner. You know? you know the units that are outside next to the church or something? No, we get over there, and he goes, take the ladder off the truck. I said, yes, sir. I took the ladder down. And then we'd set it up. And he goes, come on. And he's 80 plus, And he's climbing on the roof of the church building. And he, he thought we were slow. Me and my brother and others that work with him, he was always impatient. Like, come on, do you know how to do this or what? 80-something at that time. Lived to be 91. That is the hand of God. Hey, listen. We don't understand everything. Some of you have been through some tragedy recently, I know. It was tragic when my mom died. It's, it's tragic when people die young. But I know that God did not do that. There's things we don't understand, but you just praise him anyway. You'll know one day. It may not be in this life, but when you get to heaven, everything will be revealed, and they'll be happy to see you. Your family has gone on before you. You, you don't get it right now, but don't blame God. You praise him. Verse 2, I will praise you every day. I will praise you forever. Why? Because he's the great God. He's not only your creator. If you'll submit to him, he'll be your king. Remember that first verse? My God and my king. You say, oh, he's my God. He created me. Yeah, the, the devil knows that. But is he your king? 
Do you submit to him? Honor him and praise him, okay? This is your time to shine. We don't know, we don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year exactly. There's new stuff every day. You're like, what? I never, yeah, get ready. Put your seatbelts on because it's just crazy stuff. God is doing something. He's using this for his own purposes, but you just praise him. Your blessing's on the way. He's with you. He's never left you nor forsaken you. Trust him. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, I just give you all the glory. I thank you, Lord, because you are faithful. Your track record proves it. Your word says it. Your word proves it. Lord, your presence proves it. And we thank you tonight because you've always been with us. You've been with us the entire time, God. You said it and you promise I will never leave you nor forsake you and we know you're here with us. And Lord, it takes faith sometimes because there's times even when we're walking with you where we say, man, I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. And Lord, you're even using that so that we will draw closer to you. Give us wisdom, Lord, in the affairs of life. Everyday living. And now, Father, we repent right now of any sin. Right now, in Jesus' name. Right where you are on the live stream or in this room. Why don't you just tell the Lord you're sorry if you need to. Just repent. That's one of my lifetime messages is make sure you're right with God. Say, how do I do that? If you've already accepted Jesus, just tell him you're sorry. He'll cleanse you and make you right with him just like that. Because you're already right with him by faith, by the blood of Jesus. But we, we misstep sometimes. You say, man... But I don't know where I'm going to go if I died tonight. I've never accepted Jesus. Well, let's pray right now. Would you, would you just pray with me? Repeat this prayer wherever you are. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. Everyone say, Heavenly Father, forgive me, Lord. I didn't deserve it, but you did it. And I receive it. Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, and my King. And I believe he died and rose again on the third day. I am saved by faith in Jesus' name. And I'm forgiven. I believe. Amen. Does anybody have any special needs tonight that you want us to pray for? And we'll close with that prayer before we take up our offering. Anybody in the house? Yes, ma'am. A new job. Yes, ma'am. We're going to agree right now. A new job for you. Anybody else? You say, man, I, I need some stuff in my life. Or if you say, ah, it's kind of private, just raise your hand. We're going to agree with you. Anybody else? Some private stuff over there. Tell by the look on your face. Mm -hmm. You ain't getting that out of me. Let's just agree. Yes, sir. All right. God is going to work it out. He's going to work that out. You'll see. And as you seek God, you're going to see he works out everything, Manuel. You're going to see. Watch it. Yes, ma'am. Oh, all right. Anybody else? All right, let's pray. Right where you are, let's agree. Father, right now for these needs that have been lifted up to your throne, we agree right now in Jesus' name. You said whatsoever things we ask, believing 
in the name of Jesus, we would receive them. Lord, I thank you for new jobs. I thank you for uh, family relationships to be restored and fixed. And Lord, relationships to be uh, corrected, Lord God, so that the proper things are being done on both sides, Lord. I thank you for that. I thank you for the private requests here in this room tonight, Lord. You're taking care of those. And you know what folks need. You know what we need, Scripture says, before we ask. We thank you tonight. We agree. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus that even makes this possible to approach you at your throne in the Holy of Holies in the Spirit. We receive tonight and we believe it in Jesus' name.